Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. On today's show, we're talking about securities law and some of the changes that are coming in the near future. Securities law is one of the fastest moving areas of the law. In fact, even lawyers who practice regularly in this area have to check on items they might have completed even a week ago. For example, the SEC had numerous exemptions under Regulation D. Exemption 505 was repealed, and as a result, we've seen a significant increase in the use of exemptions under 504 and 506. The Securities and Exchange Commission published a release earlier this week to solicit comment on several exemptions from registration under the Securities Act of 1933. Over the years, and in particular since the Jobs Act of 2012, several exemptions from registration have been introduced, expanded, or otherwise revised. As a result, the overall framework for exempt offerings has changed significantly. The SEC believes the capital markets would benefit from a comprehensive review of the design and scope of the framework for offerings that are exempt from registration. Specifically, the Commission also believes that issuers and investors could both benefit from a framework that's more consistent, eliminates gaps and complexities. So the Commission is seeking comment on ways to simplify, harmonize, and improve the exempt offering framework. As a reminder, we're really just talking about exempt offerings. In the words of my good friend and securities attorney Mauricio Rould, there are three types of offerings. There are registered offerings, exempt offerings, and illegal offerings. Registered offerings are shares like General Electric that are traded in the public market. Exempt offerings follow a private placement memorandum or one of numerous exemptions that are listed under the SEC rules. And the third ones, well, then you're not necessarily going to go to jail, but they're really not permitted. And really, I don't want you to be practicing in that area. The SEC is seeking to explore whether overlapping exemptions create confusions for both issuers trying to determine the most efficient path to raise capital. At the same time, they want to eliminate gaps in the framework that make it difficult, especially for smaller issuers, to rely on an exemption from registration when they're looking to raise capital at key stages in their business. They also consider whether limitations on who can invest in certain offerings or the amount they can invest provides the appropriate level of investor protection, or whether it poses an undue obstacle to capital formation or investor access to investment opportunities. For example, they're looking to explore whether they should revise the investor eligibility limits to focus particularly on the sophistication of the investor, the amount of the investment, or other criteria other than just income or net worth of the individual investor. In addition, they're looking to see whether they should do more to allow issuers to transition from one exempt offering to another and eventually to a registered offering. Generally speaking, the SEC wants issuers to go with registered offerings. Those are considered to be the safest from their point of view. In 2015, the FAST Act added Section 4 to the Securities Act, which exempts certain private resales of securities to accredited investors. All of these changes have had an impact. If you go back to 2011, there were approximately $1 trillion in registered offerings that year. At the same time, there were about $1.6 trillion in exempt offerings. In 2018, there were about $1.5 trillion in registered offerings and nearly $3 trillion in exempt offerings. There are a number of areas where the SEC is looking for input, and here's one of them. And this is taken directly from their document. In light of the fact that some exemptions impose limited or no restrictions at the time of the offer, should the SEC revise their exemptions across the board to focus only on investor protections at the time of sale rather than at the time of the offer? If exemptions focus on investor protections at the time of the sale rather than at the time of the offer, should offers be deregulated altogether? That would affect capital formation in the exempt market 
and what investor protections would be necessary or beneficial in such a framework. The questions they're asking, frankly, are really great questions. Not the sort of thing I typically expect to see from governments. Here's another one. Which conditions or requirements are most or least effective at protecting investors in exempt offerings? Are there changes to these investor protections or additional measures the SEC should consider to implement to provide more effective investor protection in exempt offerings? Are there investor protection conditions that they should modify or eliminate because they're ineffective or unnecessary? One of the main areas the SEC is looking at is to expand the definition of accredited investor beyond just a net worth test. The report also discusses whether individuals with certain professional degrees or licenses or financial experience or those who are advised by professionals should be considered accredited investors. You can find out more about the entire process by visiting the SEC website. The link to the document is contained in the show notes for the podcast. The complete document is 211 pages, but frankly, it's a fairly easy read. And if you're at all interested in raising capital and you want your life to be simplified, now would be a great time to have your voice heard. As you think about that, have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.